Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. I grew up in an era of repression, self-repression, that is. If one had a doubt or a problem, one kept quiet about it. Sure, the characters on the Bob Newhart show talked about mental health, but mostly as fodder for comedy. People didn't go to counselors, they went to shrinks. In fact, the origin of the word shrink is head shrinker. In other words, people saw psychology and psychiatry as subtractive professions. One went in order to get one's head whittled down to a normal size. A lot has changed over the years, thank goodness, and people kindly refer to their mental health professionals as therapist, counselor, or just plain old doctor. Unfortunately, the stigma surrounding mental illnesses, or even just the need to have wise counsel, remains, especially amongst Christians. When a friend struggled with harm OCD, she went to an older woman in her church, someone she thought of as a mentor, for help. The mentor's advice? Pray more. Sadly, this attitude lingers among church members. This leaves those with mental illnesses feeling less than. Less than Christians because their faith won't heal them. Less than other church members because they have doubts or fears or traumas that won't heal on their own with prayer and pastoral counseling. Let me tell you, ignorance is not bliss. Inadvertently, our collective attitude as Christians about mental health issues has crippled many people. Sometimes, We even cripple ourselves. I confess that my own lack of understanding has caused numerous hardships in our family. For example, I had no idea that seeing a grief counselor during Pedro's catastrophic illness could actually help me during his struggle, or that I should have seen a counselor after his recovery to help me work through the trauma I experienced as his caregiver. I got depressed after his recovery and felt guilty because I thought I should feel grateful not stressed and depressed. Our young daughters saw their father struggle for life and almost lose it on two occasions. I didn't realize how this trauma could change the way they saw life and reacted to subsequent hard times. It took several mental health crises to wake me up to the fact that my ignorance almost cost us our daughter's life. We knew about depression and thought we provided what she needed to climb out of it. We didn't. We made things much worse for her in our let's pray about it, tough love, here's a counselor's phone number way. We could have been much more supportive and filled with a lot more grace. So what is mental wholeness? Ask any two counselors what mental wholeness means, and they will probably give you different answers. Lauren Fish, a licensed clinical social worker, defined mental wholeness as health, wellness, healing, and contentment. Giselle Ortiz, Another licensed clinical social worker sees it as the absence of any dissonance between personal values and actual behavior and decisions, as well as having a growth mindset. In other words, in order to achieve mental wholeness, we need to identify areas in our life where we need to recover from trauma or change our thinking so we can continue growing into the person God wants us to be. Some of you may wonder why I'm starting a series about mental wholeness. After all, shouldn't all Christians start with spiritual wholeness? 
Many people have a distorted picture of God based on their interactions with the church, society, and even family members. Try telling an abused child that God is their Heavenly Father. They won't be impressed. In fact, they'll probably have an irrational fear of God. But by nurturing our mental wholeness first, we can work through our distortions in a healthy way and prepare ourselves for spiritual wholeness. After all, Jesus healed the physical and the mental ills in the Bible first of all. Here are five self-care hacks that will help you on your journey to mental wholeness. Hack number one, start with a growth mindset. A growth mindset simply means you have an attitude that you can grow and change. God created us with neuroplasticity, the ability to change no matter what our age. All we have to do is have a plan and put it into action. You can check out Self-Care Hacks episodes 034, 035, and 036 for more information on fostering a growth mindset. A growth mindset means that we have to put in the effort to keep our emotions from stagnating in the pool of repeated communication patterns. It takes work to evaluate your current mindset and plumb the depths of your emotions to see where you could change. But we can all change. We all have the capacity. And that's good news. Hack number two, journal writing or memoir writing. Both of those activities can often pry the lid off what makes you feel stuck, enabling you to start growing again. Throughout my decades of journal writing and periods of memoir writing, I discovered I had fallen into certain negative communication patterns. I tend to avoid conflicts at all costs, unless it involves confronting a stranger. Go figure. If I feel emotional or upset about a topic, I typically stuff my emotions. Oh, I like to blame other people. For example, I say things like, if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't have needed to do this. But that's not really helpful or productive. So by looking at my old journal entries and journaling when I feel stressed, I've been able to discover things about myself that I would not have discovered any other way. Hack number three, ask your loved ones for honest input. Pedro has lovingly pointed out my weaknesses over the years. Just make sure that when you ask someone for their honest opinion, remind them to give it gently because sometimes the way other people see us and the way we see ourselves is completely different and it might be a big shock. My daughters have also been wonderful at pointing out communications and character flaws to me and I really appreciated their input. They're very good at doing that without hurting my feelings. Hack number four. Self-help books. I have read countless self-help books over the years to work on my communication skills. It took me a while, but I finally realized I can always improve my mental wholeness by learning from others. So I'll share some of my titles from Christian authors. I'll leave links in the show notes where you can find more about the books. Books on self-worth. There's You're Already Amazing by Holly Girth and The Happiness Dare by Jennifer Dukes Lee. Another favorite book about self-worth comes from Holly Girth as well. It's called The Powerful Purpose of Introverts. It's one of my favorite books, and it really explained a lot about how I'm made up. So if you struggle with being an introvert, this is a great book for you. Some titles on eating disorders that I found helpful over the years. Health Food Junkies, Orthorexia Nervosa by Stephen Bateman. Chasing Silhouettes, How to Help a Loved One Battling Eating Disorders by Emily T. Waringa. And maybe you or someone you know struggles with cutting and self-harm. These two books helped me immensely. Hurt Inside the World of Today's Teenagers by Chap Clark. 
and Inside a Cutter's Mind, Understanding and Helping Those Who Self-Injure by Jerusha Clark and Earl Hinsland. If you suffer from fear and anxiety, you might try reading Fear Fighting by Kelly Belair or Peace for a Lifetiming, Embracing a Life of Hope, Wellness, and Emotional Abundance by Lisa Murray. If you've suffered from trauma, a great book to read is called Not Marked, Finding Hope and Healing After Sexual Abuse by Mary DeMuth. I'm also in the middle of reading The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma by Bessel van der Kolk, MD. And so far, it's an excellent read on how trauma affects us in all kinds of little ways, ways we might never have thought of before. I've read these books on depression, The Hidden Half of the Gospel by Paul Conniff and Lindsay Ginke, Get Out of the Pit by Beth Moore, Hope Prevails, Insights from a Doctor's Personal Journey Through Depression by Dr. Michelle Bingston, some great books on parenting, Triggers, Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses by Amber Leah and Wendy Speak, Communication Skills and Relationships books I've read, Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No to Take Control of Your Life, and really any of the Boundaries series by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend, and The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts by Gary Chapman. Two of the best books I've read on marriage lately, both by women. One of them is called Before You Split, Find What You Really Want for the Future of Your Marriage by Tony Neilwolf and The Great Sex Rescue, The Lies You've Been Taught and How to Recover What God Intended by Sheila Ray Gregory. Two of the best secular selections on mental health are Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy by Dr. David Burns and The Bipolar Disorder Survival Guide, 2nd Edition, what You and Your Family Need to Know by David J. Miklowitz, Ph.D. The self-help books can act as a GPS program that offer advice about stops along the way, the toll-free routes, the travel times. Remember that it often takes years to get off track, and forming new habits might take just as long. But if we maintain a growth mindset, we will make progress. Hack number five, go see a counselor. Most insurance plans have some sort of mental health benefit, and it's definitely worth your money to go see a counselor if you find yourself stuck, wanting to change, and unable to take the steps that you need to get unstuck. So don't forget the five hacks for helping you start down the road to mental wholeness. Hack number one, start with a growth mindset. Hack number two, take up journal writing or memoir writing. Hack number three, ask your loved ones for honest input. Hack number four, read some self-help books. And hack number five, go see a counselor. Come back next week when I'll dive deeper into how to improve your mental health through journaling. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.